Hi, I'm Josiah Walker. I'm Brian Catherman. And you're listening to Salty Believer Unscripted. Salty Believer Unscripted is a podcast that centers around the Christian church and the Christian journey. Today we're continuing our series through the Nine Marks Building Healthy Churches book series. Today we're going to be discussing the book on prayer, How Praying Together Shapes the Church by John Anwuchikwa. Did you think you got that right? I hope so. Uh, John, if you're listening, we're really sorry. We'll Thanks. just go with John O. John O. Uh, this uh, is the orange book. Yep, the orange, orange book. book. Is there any other orange ones? I don't think the so. The preaching one is orange, right? It's a different orange. This one's the prayer orange book. All right. By John O. 2018, copyright Crossway. Uh, what was this, 150 pages, something like that? Not even that. No, no, no. Well, no, it was a great, 127 easy read. pages. Yeah. Piece of cake. And by the way, uh, this has one of the best foot, footnotes I've seen in a in a book in a long time. Um, footnote number one. We'll come back to the book in a second. Footnote number one on the introduction. No, it's in chapter one. Footnote number one. The footnote says, Google's test of omniscience fails here. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and it says, apparently no one knows where this quote came from, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, the footnote is, Google is not omniscient. <laughs> anyway, all what, right. What I loved about this book on prayer, I know sometimes when we talk about prayer and different things and books on prayer, that can seem just um, daunting, you know, and, and you always feel convicted about how your prayer life is less than you want it to be. Uh, John O makes a great point in this book about how if you used to feel that way, try writing a book on prayer. <laughs> like, right. That's even more daunting and frightening. Well, and he says, you know, that's you don't want to have this book that guilts you into prayer. Right. Um, so I have this on page 15, and this is where I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I liked the book, Josiah. I did. I thought it was helpful. I'll put my cards on the table right now. I feel like when you have a whole series of building healthy churches, sure. obviously you need a prayer on a book on prayer. Yeah. It? But I think they weren't quite sure how to go about it. I, I'll come back to that. They went with the church that needs to pray. But here's what he wrote for the the goal. That's on page 15. Uh, he says, in his sentence, uh, that's the goal of the book, learning how to pray better and more as churches, which I think that's the key that makes this book different than a lot of them. For sure. Just as our private prayer lives can be improved by God's grace, so too can our corporate prayer lives. And then he kind of goes, then he picks that up a little bit. He says, my hope, this is a little bit later on the same page, my hope is that this book will be a guide and a springboard that helps you enjoy the amazing gift of prayer uh, we have as a church, and as a church is is highlighted. So this is my specific purpose is examining how prayer shapes the life of the church. So multiple times he's saying this book is for the church. Which is a good point. I'm glad he kind of clarifies that too, because when you're looking at prayer, you go 17 different directions on prayer and and praying alone, praying corporately. And if we're really, we talk every week about who's this book for. And if we're really looking at building healthy churches, the book should center around prayer as a church more than prayer on your own. But, but here, that's the problem with the book, though, and that's been the problem with some of these books. I think they're for pastors, church right. leaders, because an individual couldn't just go, you know what, I love the book, and therefore I'm going to move my whole church into a prayer movement without communicating with the leaders in some way and, and being involved in that. So I think this one so, is very good, but definitely directed towards leaders. So at the end of the day... Mark Dever, what we need to do is we also need to come out with a series called Building Healthy Christians. Yes. <laughs> and that books that are centered around your prayer life and your discipleship and your... Kind of high. Because there's a few pieces here and there that are aimed at the individual in here. Right. 
things that would encourage you to go, man, I yeah, should participate in the prayer meetings. And man, I should do that. I, I should do this. But I think ultimately to make the changes, this is going to come down to the leaders. Okay, so what did you like about the book? Um, I think he made a great point about he compared prayer to breathing and how we all have to breathe. He said that you know? a lot. <laughs> and so we should look at prayer as just as necessary. I was listening to R.C. Sproul last night talking about how, you know, the scripture is breathed out from God and how if we don't take a breath, eventually we run out, we can't hardly speak, we start to sound like a mouse, our voice gets real squeakly as we, our lungs deflate. And so that breathing is important. And I think prayer is important too. And he kind of talked about the different types of prayer and what prayer is. I thought he did a great job at identifying prayer. He talked about how we all go at prayer differently. Some people see God as a genie. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, some people see him as a, an old, kind of a, an old, what would you call it? Kind of an Aztec God that you have to appease yep. in order to get what you want. He um, used a lot of scripture to do a lot of that, too. So this is yeah. what we see, and this is why that's not quite right. Uh, I literally liked this quote. This isn't my favorite part of the book, but I feel like this is what kind of came out for me. It says, prayerlessness is the blindfold that makes us unaware of the dangers around us. That's mm. 74, page 74. Sure. Um, but he talks so much about prayer as breathing. That theme runs throughout the whole book that at one really point does. I thought, I'm sick of I'm sick of hearing this. <laughs> right. No offense, John O., but I got it. I yeah. got it. But, no, for sure. It's definitely one of those books where after chapter two, after chapter three, you kind of get the main point of the entire book, and it just kind of builds on top of that. Yeah. You know, obviously yeah. he makes the point of uh, God is sovereign. God is in control of everything. But our prayer life really helps condition us to God's will and what his desires are and helps us to kind of, I think, see the big picture and kind of put our selfish desires on the side. Well, so speaking of selfish desires, I'm going to read this from uh, page 57. Um, and he's making a point in saying that in how we're praying is, as a church, helps mm -hmm. us to be less selfish and guides us to be prepared for life as a whole. But then he says, we're accustomed to praying for our meals right before we eat. Uh, but we're not accustomed to getting out of bed every morning and asking God to feed us. Right. Why? Because we, at least in the West, have bank accounts, jobs, gift cards, and uh, people who owe us lunch. We're confident that we'll eat. We give little thought to starvation. The idea of praying this way in the morning seems like a formality. We take God's provision for granted because we think we earn it through our gifts and diligence. At the same time, we begin to think we never have enough. He goes on from that, just kind of pointing out that we don't pray that way, to say this is why the church should be accustomed to right. praying makes you less selfish, makes you more aware of how big God is and how sovereign he is and how he's doing all of this. And, and as a whole church doing that together, there's a sense to be, there's growth and right. there, there tends to be an awareness in the good times so that when you do hit the bad times, right. you're already very well trained in prayer. So you're not just coming to him in need, you're coming to him all the time. That's so good. That's so good. And you know, I think praying together as a church too helps because you kind of see other people's needs and it makes you kind of think about your own or the, those people can kind of help you in the drought times because they've seen God take care of you in the prosperous times. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes in America we are spoiled because food is so readily accessible versus those that might be struggling and stuff. Um, I lost the other point I was going to say. I think that 
what is really huge for this book and for prayer in general, you know, I've been doing a lot of research on church history and early church fathers, and these guys would get up early. They'd spend two, four hours a day in prayer. You just did a paper on Simeon, right? Right. Charles Simeon and would hopefully get hopefully your professor listens to this podcast <laughs> yeah. and gives you an outstanding That'd grade. Anyway. This can count as extra credit. But Charles <laughs> Simeon would get up at four in the morning and pray for four hours before he started his day, you know, and I'm thinking, I, I, I don't want to approach God with my prayers at 4 a.m. because I'm going to be grumpy. But <laughs> four hour, Does any pastor give four hours to prayer in a whole day? Well, and not only that, but like, let's talk about our listeners. Our listeners not, aren't always just pastors and preachers. Like, as a, as a Christian, how much time should you spend in prayer? Two hours, you know? Right. An hour? Uh, how much time do we spend if we really tracked our prayer life throughout the week? Well, this is what's hard. So I'll just speak for me, but I think this is true across the board for most churches. When you think about doing a prayer meeting, they're some of the least attended services and things you have. Yeah. Uh, Mark Dever, he talks about it. John O. talks about it in the book that Mark Dever, uh, at some point, I can't remember what page that was on, says we should we should pray so much in our services that non-believers get bored because yeah. we're talking to a person exactly. they don't believe in. Yeah. But how often do churches do that? Right. And how often do we, we you know, take these things as serious as we should? I love in this book that he does make a very strong point that that's what the churches ought to be working toward getting back to, putting their hope in it. And then he says the book of Acts is the book that you need to look at for prayer. Which, yeah. by the way, just FYI, I found this really insightful. He's, I'm going to read the line, and then I'll go back really quick. and show. This is, um, oh, great, now I can't find the line. Uh, here it is. Prayer is mentioned no less than 21 times in the book of Acts. Hello. And then he goes through it, and I was noticing, and, and our listeners can't see this, but I started going through it. And he has before that all these places where it's obvious that the people were praying together. Um, for example, 1, verses 12 through 26, they're praying together for wisdom and they're going to lead the church. But I started looking through it and you notice chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4. Uh, nothing on chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7. Every chapter. Pretty much with the exception of like, you know, there's uh, a couple things, you know, in bigger pieces in the narratives. Pretty much it's hard to go through the book of Acts and not see the people praying together as a church, you know, and super I'll, convicting. I'm just going to say it this week since Robbie the intern's not with us, but he loves that Oswald Chambers quote. Yeah, he does. <laughs> prayer is not does not equip us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. Right. You know, and I, I think we forget that. I left our service on Sunday, and I think we we what we prayed maybe six or seven times in the service, kind of short prayers, maybe three or four. We, we'll open. Let's see. Let's just go through it really yeah. quick. We, so open we open in a call to worship, prayer. and yep. we and. Uh, sometimes I hear, I don't hear it too much at our church, luckily, but sometimes I think, gosh, are we, are we praying too much right. here? Because those prayers will be three, four minutes long, sure. five minutes long. So we pray at the call to worship. We pray over our offering. Usually our worship leader will pray at some point in the midst of our worship. Right. Some of our times of prayers are transitions, but we try not to make prayer the transition. So we'll have a prayer there. Uh, prayer to pr dismiss the kids. Pray over the kids when we dismiss them. We pray over the word of God to be preached right. when the Preacher starts, we pray at the conclusion in a response to the sermon. Maybe a baby dedication has an extra prayer or Baptism a missionary prayer, that's on site that week. Lord's Supper prayer. Yeah. Uh, and then usually a benediction that's usually a prayer over right. the people in some way. So, I mean, it, we're doing okay, I think, but we could do more. It was funny, though, because I left on Sunday thinking, oh, we pray too much in our service. And then we read this book, and I was like, oh, no, we got to pray more. <laughs> we got to get into this thing. You know, there was a season in Redeeming Life where we kind of had a house of prayer service, because yeah. we see that scripture in the Bible, how Jesus says, my house is supposed to be a house of prayer. And I was really convicted of, like, just adding more prayer to our, to our weekly service. Which, you know, it's sad for us. Part of the reason that dropped, we did that before the service as church planners because right. we all had to get there early, sure. unload the trailer, yep. set up the stuff in the community center, 
and you had all these people there, and we said, this is a good time for us to gather to pray. So it just was natural. And then we kept doing it when we got a building. We kept doing that, but we we have so many things that are going that it seems like getting attending to or getting right. all that stuff ready has actually robbed us of that gathering time of prayer. My sure. concern is, and I don't know how many of our church listen to this podcast, my concern is how many people will go, wow, it's so important that we pray that I'm going early right. to be a part of that prayer. That's the part that's so challenging right now. And there's a whole section in the back uh, in this book, 96, on for a ways, kind of what to do as a church, recovering sure. the prayer meeting, yeah. how do you get, you know, because like you, you said, sometimes this? that's the least attendant thing. Like people don't look for that. So the challenge, though, is here's how you do it once you have people doing it. But what he, I don't think you really hit on was what if you live in a in a community of people that just don't want to take the time to pray? Right. You know, maybe we have a prayer meeting of four people. I don't know. We do so in our services, which is kind of cool. We have a couple that will go during the preaching of the word and during the service. They go to the back and they're praying throughout the whole thing. They kind of take that Spurgeon's heartbeat. Uh, mechanism. He had people, I think they were directly under the pulpit mm. in a room in a basement that were praying over the service in that moment. But th- this couple takes our preaching manuscripts. Yep. We write a bunch of prayer comments throughout the manuscript. And then on the back, we write specific other prayers. And they're praying through how we're preaching the word, which is awesome. But that's a couple of people. I'm just, even right. in my own heart, if I'm going, wow, I, I'm busy, how do we move people to that? I don't know if John O really hit that as hard as he maybe could have or should have because i think that's what's really the challenge yeah and maybe it's just a challenge for us maybe nobody else has that challenge but <laughs> i'm feeling like we have that challenge well and the good another point that you brought up too is is there's a lot of great ways to kind of start that prayer service you know it doesn't have to be dry i think he talked about they always kind of did it as part of like a family meal oh yeah, yeah. Have a meal and stuff afterwards yeah, like things that. for the kids that kind of helps um maybe it's something where you don't start out doing it every week maybe it's a once a month thing or, you know, every other week, or, or maybe there's a few options, right? Like we talked about a Wednesday night service versus like maybe a Sunday morning before church service type thing. I think the thing that helped us in the past, and, and you know, he didn't get into this too much, is we didn't have it be a completely standalone thing. Right. You came at whatever time it was, I don't remember. It 10 was like or 10, yeah. 10 for like a 30-minute prayer yeah. time. We all gathered together for a lot of that, and then we'd break and go do some of our, you know, some of our stuff. Responsibilities, yeah. Um, because then it kind of was a twofer. It was just part together with the service as well, and we did it before the service. But that's something we need to be thinking about and I think working on. Uh, do you think, I mean, I've kind of mentioned it, and so, John O., I'd, I'd love to meet you and chat with you more. Absolutely. But I've mentioned some areas where I think he kind of uh, missed the mark, and we've mentioned areas where we really think he hit the mark. Um, do you think there's some areas where he just didn't even didn't even shoot for the mark at all. Like you had talked about the individual, but he said clearly this is for the church. Sure. Um, Anything in there? He didn't get into like, you know, how you incorporate fasting and how you go. He didn't do a lot of that. And I don't know if that would have been necessary. I I think he covered what needed to be covered well. I don't know. You feel that way? Yeah, absolutely. I I think for the purpose of this book, he did a great job. You know, just once again comes back to that, who's the audience? And I think it is those pastors, deacons, people in leadership position. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for a book that's kind of kind of jumpstart and give you a, a fresh uh, look at your own personal prayer life. Maybe not this one. You know, yeah. there's so many books yeah. on prayers. There's probably a better one to turn to. But I um, haven't. Can you think of a book? And he had mentioned a couple, but I hadn't read them. Can you think of any books that really focus on the church as no. a praying entity? This is all about corporate no. prayer and church prayer. And wh- yeah. I can't think of any. So the closest thing front, I would be that Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire about the guy, the Metropolitan Church in New York. 
kind of started that over again. Prayer Life for the Church there. But it's been years since I read that. So I'm trying to think of which it, books he pointed out, but I don't even think he pointed out too many on corporate yeah. uh, church. So I really love that. I mean, he's just really pushing. This is about a church praying together, that members are praying together, and and the church should pray together, and the church does this um, together. I think that yeah. was incredibly helpful. Now, I'm going to pick on something, though. He sort of picks on this, too. I don't want to get into it overwhelmingly, but... He does talk about what happens when the church makes the majority of their prayer time their health care plan. And <laughs> sure. they're praying about, you know, Bob next door and this yeah. person and that person. I don't know that I don't even know what naturally causes that, but I subbed for you in the youth and I went in, they did we did some prayer requests at the end. Awesome. And I'm sitting there thinking we have fourteen, fifteen, sixteen year olds in right. this room and they're putting out some heavy things. I mean, admittedly, kids deal with a lot of heavy stuff. Sure. And I mean one kid uh, has a friend who's got severe cancer. Another kid's, you know, got a friend who's cutting herself or something. And then, but they're like, still, just like our seniors. Oh, let's make sure to get Betty on the list. She's got a spleen surgery coming up. And oh, let's, you know, it felt like that. Oh, how about this out there, out there? And it wasn't this acts, you know, adoration like that Thanksgiving. It wasn't that kind of uh, confession. It wasn't that kind of prayer stuff. And he right. had kind of hinted on that too. How often? Is that here's the prayer chain, get somebody on the prayer chain, pray in this way. Right. How often do we do that? And then we think, oh, we're just going to do a lot more of that. That kind of overwhelms us. And so I, right. I'm glad that he hit that and focused on it. At the same time, I'm thinking, I don't I don't know how you overcome the natural tendency to do that. So maybe just leading well. Yeah. Maybe when you do your prayer request or maybe when you have a, you know, okay, we're going to do, we're going to, okay, does anybody have some praises of right. you know some things they want to pray in adoration do we have any confession prayers instead of just taking the list okay just pray it if you got it yeah. and, and maybe then, we maybe we should do a whole podcast on that because we've found different ways to kind of pray through things like popcorn prayers and different things that kind of help bring that to it so it's shorter right versus really drunk out and, so. and not just put it on the list no <laughs> let's actually pray right now right uh so the, that kind of was running through my mind reading the book but i do think it was helpful to have this in the Building Healthy Churches series. Okay, we got all 100%. these pieces that we're going through. You know, we're almost done at the series. I know. We're almost done. We've got... Uh, we got some we've, exciting books left. We've got Deacons coming Deacon, up. Which I think we're going to get some... So we're training some guys, or we're hoping to start having some conversations. So for that particular podcast, which that might come a little later, I'm hoping to have some laymen nice. who we're looking to call as deacons here at the church actually join us having read that book with their thoughts. That'd be fun. And then they've added new books since we started this recording series. I think they added the Deacon book. And there's a worship book now, too. Yeah, so Deacons and Worship are the newest, I think. And then we have Missions. Yep. Is Missions orange? No, that's like a brown. Okay. I think. Is that all we have left? I don't know. I think so. Let me look. Uh, Please hold. Um, Checking inventory. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, we're down to like the final three. Corporate, so. Worship, Deacons, Missions, and then... That's them Whatever else they come out with. Then so. if they keep coming out with them, will we keep doing the series? Maybe so, maybe not. So if this is the first one you've listened to, I'd encourage you to go back, check out our other reviews on these books. Hey, I got a question for you. Yes? I'm interrupting. Uh, sorry, listeners. So far, we've read almost all of them. Which one's your sure. favorite? I, I'm going to go with the David Helm uh, yeah, preaching book. Me so. too. And <laughs> that sh- I, Start there. Uh, so David Helm or the Simeon Trust guys, like you need to expand that book. Yeah. Um, into uh, just a bigger... I think David Helm could do an outstanding job. Take, cause, by the way, he's with Simeon Trust, 
and they do a lot of preaching, teaching stuff. So if you're looking to preach, and you're, they do a fantastic work yeah. um, in that preaching. I think that book could have been a 200-pager for sure. on that same. It was outstanding. No, Still my favorite. Great. Still my so, favorite. If you haven't read it, check it out. And uh, hopefully you will pick up this book on prayer as well. Enjoy that. So, until next time. Thank you for listening. Find more information at saltybeliever.com.